just just know that you're loved, right? Even if you don't feel loved right now, that know that you're loved, you're surrounded by love. Uh, love from me, if that makes you feel, you know, something, know that it's there. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in today. Hey, it's that time again. Get your favorite cup of joe. Get your favorite beverage. Get your uh, tea. Get your coke. Get your pop. Get your soda. Get your water. Get something. Put your feet up. Relax. Let's get educated. Let's get uh, motivated. Let's get inspired. Let's get encouraged. So that way we can help other people in the long run, in futures, deverence to come, that we can help other people. So thank you for coming in. I am Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming in to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Hey, today, our guest, she says that uh, we will all experience grief at some point in our life. There's no doubt about that. All right. And she has learned to look at the love that she had instead of what she lost. Okay. And she wants to help people to have the power to change direction in the lives. All right. And she said she has transformed her life through the power of self-love, manifestation, and listening to the angels in her life on the other side. All right, let's see if I can get this right here. Jennifer, thank you for coming in. Alamani. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you again for you coming in and sharing your valuable tips, inspiration, your valuable time with us to help us have a better way of looking at grief and getting through it and experiencing the better part of it. Yeah, it's an important topic. It is very important. And uh, this sometimes is a topic, it's, I don't want to say taboo, but a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they think that grief has to be a heart-breaking, hurting scenario instead of, like you said, let's look on the better side of what we can experience from it. And it's not, I'm not saying it's not going to hurt, but we don't have to hang on to the hurt. We can go look at the best side of it. Right. So, all right, uh, Jennifer, if you want to go ahead and jump on in and share your story with us and go ahead and listen uh, so we can help the, help the people coming in. Yeah, my, my, my boyfriend, uh, he passed away about two and a half years ago now. Um, and I started journaling about uh, two, three months after the loss. Um, I've always been one to journal my thoughts. And I, I went out by the pool and I started just writing things down. Um, and it was coming out very quickly. Um, and I was, I was grieving and crying the entire time. Um, it was, but it was very cathartic for me. Um, but, but as I was writing, it was very quickly. And I knew that it was, it was more than myself. I was getting this message that I was meant to help others, um, and express, you know, my pain through the words that were coming out. Um, and then through all of it, I want to say a lot of other things came out. Um, my mother had passed away about 13 years ago. So I realized I hadn't really fully grieved for her. Um, so things were coming out um, about that. 
And then I also discovered um, that I really hadn't had a lot of self-love for myself, I realized, through the pain. Um, so that uncovered a lot. And then I started to, uh, you know, just continue to write that. And then at the end of uh, 2019, I want to say five months later, I had a book on my hands, I realized. Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, I wrote a uh, book that I experienced, uh, was told I had colon cancer. And so I decided I'm going to journal it pretty much, whatever happens, because I figured if it's uh, something that uh, really bad happens and I don't make it, then it's going to be out there to help somebody, hopefully. Uh, but if it's on the good side and good comes out of it, I still have a book. So one thing about journaling, once you piece it all together, you definitely have a book. And you're journaling. you got your book, and it's called uh, Mark uh, My Love. Mark My Love, a memoir. So uh, people, you go check out Mark My Love. Mark is, I'm assuming, is the boyfriend's name, not just marking a piece of paper. But Mark, my love, and again, it's a memoir from Jennifer Amanti. Not not with the T, Amani. Alamani. There, <laughs> there we go, Alamani. So, all yeah, right, I, so. I, I titled it, yeah, I titled it Mark, my love, because I was actually marking love in my life, because um, I kind of go through little bits of love across my life. I, I talk about a first love in there, too, and. Uh, you know, little things like that. So I kind of go into that. So that's why I titled it that way. Um, that's actually not his name, you know, but. Okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, yeah. maybe this, maybe this question doesn't really pertain to what's going on, but I mean, to help the listeners a little bit. And I guess for me as well is uh, how did he pass away? I mean, not to say that's important compared because we are going to go some way somehow, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, but it may help somebody else. It's going through whatever he may have went through. Yeah, it was cancer. It was cancer. Um, I don't discuss a lot of the details of that in the book, um, but you know, just for, for clarity, it was, it was cancer and it was, uh, it was very, it was very quickly. So. All yeah. right. An aggressive type. Yes. Yes. And um, you know, I had the same experience with my mother, um, different type of cancer, but, but aggressive um, with her. She was diagnosed and she was gone 30 in 30 days. Um, wow. so, so similar experiences, um, just different loves in my life and at different points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And so, all right. So now going through this grief and again, we're not saying it's not painful. We're not saying that you tried to ignore it. Uh, uh but you did mention you may not have fully grief with your mother, uh, but you've learned some stuff with your boyfriend grieving that you got to experience and then hopefully finish the grieving you think with your mother. Uh, so what what did what did you learn for you to be able to move on uh, that you maybe you didn't with your mother? Yeah, I think I, I think I didn't, I didn't give myself space to grieve with my mother. I think with him, I I, I gave my, my myself space to grieve um, pretty quickly. I felt I didn't I didn't bottle it up. I want to say, and I think with her, I bottled it up. I, I almost didn't want to accept it, and I think that played a big part in it. I think with him, it you know to give you some clarity about our relationship, we had met, um, we had met about 10 months prior to him passing. Mm -hmm. So this was, you know, this was a relationship, um, for both of us, you know, like later in life, I, I'm already in my forties. He was in his fifties. You know, he had had a divorce. I had a long term relationship that had ended. So it was finding love again, where we didn't think that we'd find love again at that point in our lives. Um, so we fell in love very quickly. Um, and then he got sick and then he was gone 10 months later. So, the shock was different for me, I want to say, right? Because you're talking, I fell in love. And then this whirlwind of emotions, he gets sick. 
and then and then he's gone, right? It, it, all all in ten months. It's a lot, you know. Oh, exactly. Yes, I mean you're again you're finding love you never thought would happen again, and then all of a sudden uh, ten months it's gone again. And yeah. that that yeah. had to been devastating to going along with the grief. You know, yeah. that, that would be one of the things that it's a good thing to say. I don't I know you're it's a spiritual because you mentioned that with your and I don't know spiritual or religiously, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but that would be one of them things that you get. You're glad God is big enough that you can say, why would you send me this love to take it away from me? Mm hmm. Yeah, because when when he got sick, I, I always sp spoke to my mother on the other side. I always speak to her all this whole time. Um, but when he got sick, I remember speaking to her. I wasn't telling her to help him get better, but I was basically telling her to just take care of him, regardless mm -hmm. of what was going to happen. Right. So I wanted to know that, you know, whether it was here or he passed on that he somehow he would have someone, you know, and obviously he never met her in life. She had passed on, you know, a decade prior to that. Right. Um, but yeah, devastation is the word for it. I, I was crushed. I want to say my heart was kind of crushed at yes. that point. Um, but I, I want to say literally I had angels around me because I felt as if there was something pulling me out of bed every single day and keeping me going and then giving me that, that hope. Um, and then it just started to ignite something I want to say inside of me. And I realized, okay, I can't just sit around and grieve even though I'm crushed because I think I knew that they were around me. I felt it a little bit more once he was around, he was on the other side. Um, so I knew I couldn't give up for them also. And that was strong inside of me. So it was kind of like me turning that pain into fuel. And, you know, that's what I tell people. That's what I did. I turned the, that pain and said, okay, now I'm going to fuel forward in a different way. Um, and that's what I've done. I, I look at life differently. You know, I wake up every day and I give thanks for waking up every day. You know, I just, there's a lot more gratitude around me. Mm -hmm. And so this give you a new purpose, new mission in life? Yeah. And I want to say with, with, with the book and how it came out of me, it was so um, cathartic. And I know someone, somebody, others were with me. I know it was, it came from another side. It, you know, it's folks that have read it have told me, oh, it's so well, well crafted. You know, you have a lot of life in there in a short memoir because it is a short memoir, but there's a lot of content in there. Um, but it's intense. So it's short, but intense. But I want to say that's how it came out of me. Literally, I didn't craft it. I think people think like, oh, did you sit down and say, I'm going to write a book? I said, no, it literally was just flowing out of me that way. And, and that's why the words and being raw the way they were, I know it was meant to, I was meant to put it out there for others like that, because that vulnerability and me showing others like, yeah, I was on the floor again. I was on the floor again. And then wondering like, why, well, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> so to, to pick myself up from that, I want to show others it's possible. You know, it is. Yeah. Open, yeah. Open, because you're definitely showing your vulnerability by opening up and being so honest, authentic for them. And because people have gone through this and yeah. like you said, they have bottled it up as well, instead of expressing, instead of uncorking the genie that's within, within to see what's possible out there they hold on to this and makes it a tough life when yeah. you bottle it and and you don't know hope is still out there and mm -hmm. expression of love is still there yeah i think when i when i started to write and i was releasing it more and more and i knew it, i wasn't just crying for him i knew i was crying for my mother too again and all that i felt a freedom afterwards the, la the last chapter in the book i title it freedom because i feel like i have a new life i feel like 
everything is kind of just turned over for me and things are easier. I realized that keeping myself in that grieving mode that entire time, even though I didn't realize I was doing it, I realized I was making life a little bit harder for me because I wasn't authentically happy at any given point. That whole would, time. You could, would you consider yourself a, a writer, author? I mean, author now because it's been published, but would do you consider yourself a person that you would have thought would ever write a book uh, any time during your life? Were you a writer, a journaler, you know, expressive <laughs> self? Yeah, I've always been a journaler uh, my entire life. Um, and I want to say when I was in high school and college, I had a lot of teachers and professors actually tell me like, you know, you can write. Um, but I just never looked at it as doing it as a profession, to be honest. Um, my ba- my background and coming from a Latin background, a single mom, it wasn't like, okay, go in that creative space. You know, it, it was it was being more logical with how we looked at life, you know. Um, but I realize now I've, I've been asking what's my purpose um, of the universe for the past, I want to say at least four years. I've been wondering because I knew, I knew my former uh, HR profession of 22 years like wasn't. I knew it wasn't my purpose the entire time. Um, and I feel like with this, I realize, oh, wait a minute. I think this is it. It feels it feels right and it feels easy and natural. Now, I don't know. Again, I can't put your purpose on you, but I would think this is part of it. And it's to help. I, I, I believe we're here to help each other somehow on this earth. OK, so I can't help everybody because I won't see everybody. I can't touch everybody, you know, but. The people who come in contact with, hopefully I'm leaving them with a better impression of themselves mm-hmm. and other people, then they eventually are going to use something to help other people. And so yeah. the same thing with you, your purpose now, I can say, I don't know if it's your full purpose. And again, mm-hmm. our purposes can change uh, yeah. uh, during, the, during the years of life as well. But right. yeah, I definitely believe your purpose is to help other people grieving and help them get a better instinct of a better mm-hmm. life still to come yes absolutely and and that there's more love to come you know I, I think that's the bottom line too for me to share with people you know um i haven't found a new romantic love yet you know but i'm open to it now at this point um but i want to tell people that you know once our loved ones pass you know it doesn't mean that those relationships ended they're just in a different way now those relationships you know that love still continues um but I also know that they want us to move on and, and love again, you know, and things like that, you know, with our life, because we're still here. And I think that's important to them. Do you think part of the not people maybe not experience other love, it maybe it's not the grieving part, but maybe they feel guilty yeah. that if they find someone else, they're worried that they'll forget about the others or yeah. maybe maybe they're too worried what other people think. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I think it's a combination. I think that, um, I think with my mom, I didn't want to move on in life because I think that maybe she was watching in a sense. And I thought, well, she's thinking, why am I moving on in life, you know, without her, right? I I think I that ca- that came into play a little bit. Um, but with this romantic love, definitely, um, I want to say in, in the book, I call him the love of my life, that I found the love of my life and then he he's gone. But now I realize in my own growth that there's, there's, I think there's a higher love also than just love of this life. I think that I have a spiritual partner out there. I want to say that it's a different level. And I've had those discussions with him, um, to be honest with you, because it, it, because it is a weird space, right? Our, Our relationship ended while we were still in love and all of that. Right. So it's a weird space to be in of, 
okay, now I'm 47 years old and I still have life ahead of me. And there was guilt where I literally said like, how am I going to do this? Like he's around me. Like how, how am I going to tackle this? But I've come to my term terms with it. Um, and I've had my discussions with him in my own way. And I know that he's given me messages like, okay, it's time to, to move along. You know, and I, and that un, unselfish love they yeah. are there looking for you to continue being happy in life and right. continue. And they know part of it to be, to be happy in life is to find love again right. and to move right. on in, in any person. If they're unselfish would encourage you to move on in life and, you know, don't forget about me, but go ahead and yeah, I give you, don't, don't, sit there and go, I'm the only one ever for you. No, no. I want you to experience the best in life that you can. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's hard. It's hard to cross that bridge, you know, when you're the person going through it, you know? Oh Um, yeah. I could definitely see that. Yeah. yeah. uh, That it's definitely hard again, because you're unsure. You're not, you're not, yeah. You don't want to step on other people's toes and uh, you get, sometimes you worry too much what other people think. And yeah. forget forget that mess. You're the one that's yeah. going to be happy, not them. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, everyone has their timeline. And so many people have told me different things. Like you know, like one year in, it was like, oh, it's one year in. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's 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 so funny to me. And it's I I just went with the flow of of what I felt, you know. And now I finally feel ready for for that step. You know, to be honest, mm-hmm. I, I think I think when I was saying it before, because I was saying I was ready before this but I don't think I was. I think it was other people getting into my head again saying, okay, Mm -hmm. it's time. The time has had passed, but I knew I wasn't because I knew I needed to grow and I knew I needed to learn self-love before that anyway. Mm -hmm. So I I, I knew I was in that space. So I knew I was on the right timeline of my own progression, if that makes sense. No, no, it's perfect sense. And I just had a podcast right before I phoned to you, had one earlier today, and she was talking about we need to definitely love ourselves as much as we're supposed to love our neighbors or love our friends or love our spouse or love our boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. We need to love ourselves as much. And when we can love ourselves as much, then we can open ourselves up to experience more love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I finally realized that. So it's important. So. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're remarkable. I'm going to tell you that right now. So you're amazing that you're able to, um, Pick yourself up and uh, experience and writing this memoir is, is definitely going to help other people in the long run as well. If you could give, I don't know, two or three little advice to help someone that's grieving how to move on in life, what, what would you what would you tell them if you were they were sitting in front of you? Yeah, I would say to get out in nature a little bit. You know, I started walking and getting out in nature and that helped me a lot. You know, I felt their presence a lot more when I was out there. Um, so that that would be definitely one thing. Um to, to start meditating a little bit and it doesn't have to be a long time, you know, you just start with five minutes. I think that that gave me a lot of peace also. Um, and then, you know, again, getting back to the self-love really go on that journey and start to really make sure that, you know, you're truly in love with yourself. I say it like that. Cause it's, that's important. That's an important part. So those, those would be the three top things for someone to uh, who's grieving, who needs to, you know, start getting on their journey. I love the mother nature thing that uh, I'm in a wheelchair from playing football. Got my neck broken. So I can't get out on the country to go walk around. Boy, I love the smell of the country. I remember when I was a kid, Christmas, this time of the year, we'd be out there cutting our own Christmas tree down. 
And here I am, 10, 11, 12, you know, smelling the fresh air, smelling the pine trees, smelling the other, you know, trees, smelling the manure out there. I mean, just I, I love Mother Nature. And I, I miss that I can't get out there per se to walk around. But that doesn't stop me from driving the countryside mm -hmm. in my car and still experiencing this. So the, the get out there, Mother Nature, somehow. Yeah, somehow, but definitely open your eyes, open your mind, open you spiritually again to realize there's a bigger place than just the world I'm living in mm -hmm. and what I can love and what we can see and love from it uh, from there. And yeah. definitely love what you said about um, find some me time. We call it, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Like some meditation or prayer or just go be by your. Yeah, find some me time. And they definitely, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. Um, yeah, because again, if uh, I've, I've said this before, if uh, you can't uh, find your me time to keep you healthy, then you can't help other people if you're not healthy enough from the me time, from stressing and worrying, and trying to help other people. You're over. You know, if you get yourself so thin that you can't keep yourself healthy, you're not going to be able to help other people. Right. And think about it, right? If, if we all got to a point where we are taking care of ourselves and we're really, truly healthy, think how many other people we could help, right? Because we could reach out to more and more folks, I feel. So, and I think that that's, you know, like you said, we're meant to, we're meant to help each other um, in different ways. And, you know, and I agree with that too. I think that we're meant to, we're meant to discover how to love each other equally here also, you know, without any bias. Um, you know, I think that's an important part of our journey. And today we're speaking with Jennifer Alamani with her book, Mark, My Love, Her Memoir from Losing Her Boyfriend. And she wrote this to help other people get out there, to help them get through the grieving process. Okay. Now. What's Jennifer looking for now? They, they say the hardest thing is not looking for love, that you're supposed to suppose we let it find you, which is hard if you're not looking. I mean, because I've learned, <laughs> it's, I learned it's not going to knock on your door. So, so I guess what they're saying is don't push yourself so hard and be so desperate out there that, mm -hmm. you know, put yourself out there that it's going to eventually find you. Yeah, I think so. I think that if you're truly, I think manifestation comes into play here with that, to be honest, right? I think if you're truly in a space where you're ready to have romantic love in your life and you're putting that, that out there, I, I think it will find you, right? It may not directly knock on your door, like you're saying, but I think that if that's what you're generating in your space, it'll find its way to you. I, I strongly believe that now, if it's the right love, right? I think that because some of us in life, we're seeking love so much, we're looking, looking, looking and wondering like, when's it going to find me and all of that? You know, I've been down that path myself in life. Mm -hmm. um, but I realize now it'll find its it, its way to you. I know that. I strongly believe that now. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not sitting around worried about it. <laughs> yeah, don't get so desperate hunting and looking for, because then you're going to fall for anything that comes. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like you said, you 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 nailed it right on the head a minute ago. The right love, mm -hmm. you know, 
Because again, if we're so desperate and looking, we're going to take the first thing that comes and it may not be the right thing for us. But but we were so desperate to want it that uh, it, then it takes us a while to fight this new battle to, to get out of it. So yeah, yeah, we definitely got to be patient, put herself out there, eyes open and get the, as you said, the right love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, all right. uh, So, uh, the grieving process, there's no time limit on it, is it? No, no. And I don't think there's an end, an end, an end time in it, right? I think I've I've said that to people more recently. I don't think it, it ever ends. I think it evolves in different ways. I'm never gonna not, not miss my mother. Um, but I feel her presence again, I feel her around me, you know, and I know when I when I have her when I'm interactive with her in my life in a sense, right? So say I'm cooking and I say to her like, oh, this this came out good, mom. This time you used to like this and I have that. It brings joy to my heart. So, um, you know, I don't think it, I don't think the the grieving process ever like ends, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying a second ago is uh, when I said there's no time limit. Don't think I have 45 minutes to grieve. Now I need to move on. Or don't think it takes two years to grieve. Uh, we were we're all different, and so it takes you as long as it takes you to move on. And but but remember, during this, there is life out there to still live, to experience. Right, and think about like other life circumstances will come into play when you're grieving. Right, for me, you know, my boyfriend passed away in 2019. Then the pandemic came in 2020, so that came into play of the grieving process and life and life was on hold for everyone in a sense, right? So it was just different. My experience was different. So that two years that came into play um, because of that. So well, other uh, life. No, I, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, you just, I wasn't even thinking of that, but the mm-hmm. way COVID come and we shut down and everything the way it did, that mm-hmm. had been a little bit more difficult and harder on you then I would think the normal, because you're not getting out in mother nature, like you said a while ago. So now you're having to look at the four walls in your own house and, and while you're grieving. And so that had been a little bit more difficult. I would think I didn't think about COVID. Yeah. I had, um, you know, God brought a a dog into my life. I had gotten a dog. Um, I want to say it was about four months or so after my boyfriend had passed, I had gotten a puppy. Um, but little did I know that COVID was going to happen. So I had this puppy. So thankfully I had him to be honest. So he, there was a lot of motivation because of him, right? I had to, I had to get out a lot because he was a puppy and he was young. So there was no choice. And I had me going outside at times. Um, but thankfully he, he was with me all of 2020. Um, and I know that that was someone else arranging that a higher power because I think they realized, Oh, she's going to be alone, you know, during this completely. I tell you, God sends things to us uh, without us ex- expecting it. And, of course, they say, people say in the Bible, said it's all in his timing again. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, yeah, we neither get certain love, whether it's a dog, brought into our time to prepare us for this COVID and the loss of your boyfriend, or we get this kick in the pants right at a certain time in life to get us to move on and do what we're supposed to do or not do and, and move and move through his life as well. So yeah, it's just, it, and again, it goes back to our perception. You know, you can look at, you can look at his dog as 
Yeah, he just stumbled across, got this dog. Oh, wow, now I'm taking that dog during COVID. No, but uh, our your perception again is I have something now other than the four walls. Mm-hmm. And this dog, you know, showing this unconditional love yeah. uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine um, all of 2020 uh, without him. I couldn't have imagined without the dog because it was very, it was isolating, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so thank, hey. thankfully, thankfully, you know, they, they, I never had a dog before. Um, so it, it came out of nowhere that I decided to, to get a puppy, to be honest. Um, there you go. But, but did it come out of nowhere technically, right? Or did they put that in there and say, hey, you know what? And put that whisper in there. Who knows? But, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the idea came from somewhere, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, absolutely. It, your perspective on how you figure this idea came. came. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got um, I got a service dog. I'm in a wheelchair. I got a service dog. And um, he was actually part of his raising came from the prison system. And okay. once they learn, uh, teach the dog to sit, shake, what side of the wheelchair to get on and the other side, you know, the basic training. Then he left there to go for his final training, which he learned to pick stuff off the ground for me, turn lights off and on, pull a drawer open, close the drawer from that training. Now, here's what I'm getting to on when I'm talking about there. We, I, we mentioned the unconditional love that this dog had given you. I mean, uh, uh, a joke someone told me one time, he said, he said, man, I know my dog loves me more than my, hu- my wife does. And he said, the example here. I could put my dog in the trunk of my car, come back an hour later and open the door of the trunk. He's wagging his tail because he's happy to see me. He said, I put my wife in the back of the trunk of the car. I come back an hour later. She's just screaming and crying and yelling at me the whole time. And he (laughs) said, so this unconditional love. But what I'm getting to is while this dog was, uh, my dog particularly, but the other dogs, I saw a documentary, have been raised, partially trained by prison inmates. And then when when their time is up to push the dog over to get the final training, these inmates are bawling like little babies because this animal had given them the unconditional love that they said that their parents didn't show them when they Mm. were growing up. Mm. Wow. So that's 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 powerful. But yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I, I want to, I want to say because I want, I want to say with him, I, I want to say with my puppy. I realized um, when he came into my life, I, I, I always knew what unconditional love was because I had that from my mother, but I just, I don't know. He just took it to another level for me. I want to say, and it's just, it, it, it's very powerful. Yes. Hey, we got uh, Miss Southern Belle. Thank you for coming in. Hello to you, and uh, she. How we're doing today, and. We're discussing today, Miss Southern Belle, on our podcast. We're discussing a grief, and Jennifer here is uh, giving some wisdom with her book and her memoir on how we can handle some grief and move on in life. So, thank you, Miss Southern Belle, for coming in. Now, all right, Jennifer. Now, we we've got this going on, and we're moving on in life, and from there, from this, uh, from the grief, and so. Is there any, I mean, again, there's no time limit on all this. Is there anything else of one big major point that you can give someone to help them with this? 
to just keep believing in love, right? I think that we become heartbroken with grief and then we don't, you know, we don't want to believe in love. And I want to say to keep believing in love no matter what, if that's going to get you where you need to be. Yeah, if, if, if we, again, it goes back to, we. it's the love, but we have, we need to have hope in our life and knowing with hope, good things are coming and going from there. So, Miss Southern Bell, you make a great point. This time of the year for the holidays, a lot of people are sad for holidays uh, that's coming. And it's, it's a lot of it is because of grief that uh, they're holding on to. And, and there's no good time to die, but it is the worst when it's holiday season. It is the worst. And because then everybody's going, this is the first year without them for Thanksgiving. This is the first year without the so-and-so for Christmas. The first year without, and it's always, I don't care what time of the year, it's always going to be the first. Yep. But again, yep. to have this grief right during the holiday season, yeah, it's a lot, uh, that's that's the hardest uh, yep. from them. They, they don't have time to have this grief prepared for six months or eight months. It's thrown to them then. Yep. And so yeah, he has the hardest. So Kathy's okay. Corner, thank you for coming in. Hello. And uh, saying hi to Miss Southern Bell. So Kathy, thank you for coming in as well. All right, uh, Jennifer. Now let's uh, go ahead and let's tell people uh, some social media, how to get hold of you. And they may want to talk to you about grief. Maybe you can help counsel them, uh, help uh, give some advice to them. And go ahead and tell us your social media, your website, how people can find you. And also, uh, how we can get your book. Yeah, my website is uh, jennifermalamani.com. Uh, all the clicks to get the book are, are through my website, but you can also get it on Amazon uh, or Book Baby or Barnes & Noble. Uh, my Instagram is uh, jennifer.m.alamani. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn as uh, Jennifer M. Alamani. All right, and I'll take those links of uh, your social media and I'll put those in the show notes to make it easier for people to click on. So, and thank you for uh, giving that. Man, Jennifer, thank you for coming in and sharing and you've helped me, you know, we live long enough, we're going to lose people. And yeah. it, uh, there's a, a good way to grief and an unhealthy way to grief. Uh, like you said, when we bottle it up, and, and keep holding on uh, that way instead of releasing and experience the positive uh, with it. So from there. So I, I, I when when it's my time to go, I hope people will remember the uh, positive. I, I I I tell people I said uh, I don't even want to be buried. I'm one of them. I just don't see putting ten thousand dollars in the ground. Now I would never say I would never say to someone. Don't do that. No, if that's what you want and that's what everybody agrees to, hey, that, that's awesome. But to me, I'd rather them have a $10,000 big party for yeah. me and remembering. I said, instead of putting put putting me on the barbecue grill and cremate me yourself mm -hmm. and uh, during the grill, during the barbecue and grill, you know, I know they can't do that legally, but uh, <laughs> I, I just say do that and, and, and take the money instead of putting it in the ground have a big old party for everybody else uh, for I that agree. time for me. So, all right, uh, Jennifer, thank you again for coming in. Now I'm going to put you on a little spot here. Cause I usually ask people that we know there's people hurting and struggling today. And if you can give us a, a powerful message that would help someone get through today, 
or that's going to be a blessing. Just, just know that you're loved, right? Even if you don't feel loved right now, that know that you're loved. You're surrounded by love, uh, love from me. If that makes you feel, you know, something, know that it's there. Know that the love is there with the angels watching over us. So from there. So Jennifer, you have been a blessing and you have been, oh, just amazing person again. I'm glad that you are able to, we found each other on this pod match somehow. And yep. so I'm glad that you were able to hop in and be with us to help us uh, to experience the, a better side of grief. And Miss Southern Bell, she says, appreciate your information. And so, all right, Jennifer, thank you for coming in. Everybody else is coming in on the replay. Hey, be sure to share this out because you know people are hurting, grieving, and they can help uh, with this podcast to help them uh, with their grieving process. And again, to go out and uh, get in the links, go find Jennifer's book, Mark My Love, a memoir by Jennifer Amani. And so thank you for everybody else for coming in. Hey, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the professor of perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.